0: So okay. I'm, I'm with Priscilla Romans, the, the founder and CEO of Graith Care. And I did say Graith yeah. correctly, right? Um, you were telling me just off camera beforehand what that means. I'd love for you to share that uh, with the folks here.
1: Yeah, so Graith Care, um, the word Graith is actually my two girls' names, Grace and Faith, put together. Nice. And Graith means um, to um, make ready. And that it's such a great thing for advocacy in terms of what grave care is all about. And so um, to make ready is to really listen to our clients and find out what do they need Mm -hmm. and how do we figure out how to provide them solutions and options that they're maybe not aware of. So um, my husband... Uh, he's the one who put the word together because okay. um, I'm not that creative. Well when you, when
0: you guys were sitting down and you're knowing hey will, and we'll tell the origin story of Graith Care uh, but like when you're sitting down and coming up with a name is it a piece of paper with a bunch of stuff written or did it just pop into your husband's head or uh, like how did how did you guys end up with this name?
1: I told him just figure out the name and I'll figure out how to put the business together yeah, yeah. and do that. Yeah. And, um, you when know, you heard
0: great Doe, did you, did you go, oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, I cool. knew it right, yeah.
1: right then, because I had tried a lot of different other names in my head for a while. And finally I just said, I can't even think of a name like mm-hmm. this. This isn't me. And so he's super creative. And so, um he just thought of the name and he said we're just gonna put the girls' names together, Grace and Faith. Now we have boys. Okay. So I try not to leave them out of it. Gabe, he set up my Twitter account. Okay. Um, he's sixteen and then Elijah, he's eight, and he just makes sure that mom has like everything she would possibly need for her day. He'll bring me things. Um if I'm on a call or anything like that, he knows, he'll write me notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I mean, and which we're one did you steal the microphone from for uh, uh, the 16 year old. I sold
1: the microphone cause I, we do have a rumble channel oh, yeah. um, for grave care that I'm trying to do like two minute clips, trying to just get little bits of information out to people. I'm not a podcaster. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't even like wearing makeup to be honest. <laughs> um, so it's, I, this is a family business. Um, we grew, I grew up um, in a family of entrepreneurs. Um, they were either family entrepreneurs, ministers, Or nurses in our family. That's, I mean, that's the general concept of how I grew up. So we we woke up, we got to work, we figure out how do we go help people?
0: That's right. Well, so there's not going to be any question of what your why is or why you got into this calling and patient advocacy is the right, uh, category for us to, yeah. to, to put position this. So, so I want to talk about, um, before we get into the, the solution set that, that, that Graith Care offers and what you do and what you clearly are very passionate about, mm-hmm. so it's clear that you don't have to kind of drum it up just for the sake <laughs> of, uh, of telling the story, but can I hear a little bit of your backstory first? Like, where'd you grow up? Who yeah. are you uh, kind of personally professionally? And then I know I want to spend some time talking about your nursing career as well. So uh, yeah. tell, me, tell me where this all started.
1: So um, I was born and raised in Peoria, Illinois. And um, lots of cornfields, small town girl, very conservative i grew up actually um i think i put my first pair of jeans on i was maybe 18 or 19 at my friend's house okay <laughs> <laughs> so if that tells anything about me um did you, you th-
0: feel rebellious when you? Did i was that? very
1: rebellious Oops, everybody okay. says oh you're a preachers you're a pk a ah, preacher's kid preacher's kid um yeah. I, that kind of raises flags for people um i promise i wasn't that bad um well don't, the preacher's <laughs> kids
0: said that the suggestion is you might be a little bit wild right as a yeah. preacher's kid yeah yeah but and, you went the other direction it sounds well
1: like i a- I think I did have probably some streaks um, in my life. So if people look me up, I'm sure there could be some interesting things about me. But really, if we're thinking about, you know, the reality, everybody has stuff Mm -hmm. in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just how I grew up. And I had great parents that, um, something I I, I love about my family that I think made me who I am today is my grandparents, um, uh, my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side, um, he fought in the Battle of the Bulge he okay. got shot and wounded. No kidding. And um, he came back to America, and they flew him into Colorado Springs, and that's where he met my grandmother. She was a lieutenant nurse in the Red Cross. Okay. And so after six weeks of her – Was taking, she treating him, like yeah, taking care of him? Okay, she was yeah. taking care of him. After six weeks, she would make him get up and sweep, sweep the floors. That was his rehab. I mean, this is old-school nursing. Oh, I love it. And so, you know, they got married. They were married 62 years. And I think about the battle that they were in at that time. And I think about we are in a different type of battle right now within the healthcare system. And so that kind of sinks really like really deep in me. And Mm -hmm. then on my dad's side, my um, grandfather and grandma, they actually um, started a bicycle shop close to the University of Illinois. And every summer, um, I would go to the bike shop, and I would sell bikes, the university students would come and rent bikes, we would be Putting bikes together and um, well I, so
0: you got into that's where you kind of learned sales i guess a yeah, little bit yeah
1: entrepreneurship i mean yeah. my grandma she was i don't she's probably up to 90 still going to the to the bike shop with her purse and her walker and <laughs> she would show up and she she i mean she believed in hard work love it and so those 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 fundamentals i think I didn't realize when I was younger how great they were Mm -hmm. because I really didn't understand what was happening. Even my parents. I mean, my dad's a minister. My mom's a nurse. She worked in the healthcare system for a long time. I heard their conversations, but when you are younger and you go to the hospitals and your dad's praying with somebody and you're outside the room and, and you, you don't really realize what's happening, but those things just kind of settled on me to understand how we need to connect with people what is the bigger picture of how do we help people moving forward? And then we, we unravel, you know, we moved from Illinois to texas in 2017 what, my was has, the,
0: what was the impetus for that
1: uh my husband's job um he's an engineer by, oh he's an engineer yeah okay. he's an engineer background now wait when,
0: he's a creative engineer though you oh, told he, me earlier he's yes, creative those, he don't, is those different. don't go together okay. he's totally different
1: okay. um i think i just i got a i, I married a winner we're coming yeah. up on um uh 18 years i hope i said that right in february <laughs> um but we just had our we we've been together 21 years actually this week okay. on the 14th our first date was supposed to be on the actual 9-11 Well, we canceled it because of that whole event, sure. And um, we moved it to the fourteenth, and somehow we've we've made it this far. So,
0: well, so my wife and I don't don't have quite as traumatic of a reason for changing ours, but we had the anniversary of our first date. We at five twenty, and. We tried to book for the the, the wedding on, on our campus at Drury University, which is in Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And the chapel wasn't available on the 20th, even though we booked it out like 12 months. And so oh. we had to do the 28th. So we still celebrate the 20th, <laughs> but te- the 28th is technically our anniversary. So again, not, not quite as a big a, a right. event as that, but yeah, so we're similar story there. So you guys, you said 21 years, so did I get we've my been, math right? Yeah, we've okay. been
1: uh, together that long. We actually, um, if you really want to know, we actually met each other in first grade. No we both We both got held back in the same first grade again, and then he moved away. We ran into each other in a community college in mm. Illinois, and he said, you know, I remember a gal named Priscilla, she wore... Lots of skirts and dresses, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> that was me. I think that was me. And not that wild though, it's, what a, so, what wild. A
0: thing. it's <laughs>
1: so wild. It's so wild. And so we we you know started out um, in Illinois. Um, we have four kids. Uh, Gabe is 16. Grace is almost 15 coming up uh elijah's eight and faith is six and
0: how did they how did they do with a move because that's a pretty big move oh they right? did great they did they oh yeah it. our kids Were are they amazing. excited to come to texas or, or uh, i don't know I,
1: I we just like packed it up you just because, did it. okay well i mean in, in at that stage in 2017 um m- there was a lot of engineering jobs that was going back overseas mitsubishi motors was one of them okay and he was doing some engineering work for okay. them well when they closed their plant and they went back to Japan and all the other engineering jobs contracting jobs in engi- in the engineering world can be can fluctuate right okay. and so he got an opportunity down here in the Dallas area he said he was unemployed at that point and we were just working off of my nursing income there wasn't anything that was popping up. I had I lived a mile down from my parents. Like, I had never moved anywhere mm. else. I was in a bubble.
0: Wow. Okay, wow. I had
1: worked at that point. I, I was, should
0: ask the question, how did you do with the move then instead, if you you left your bubble for the first time?
1: Well, I actually think it was probably a God-sent thing, because I had worked in one healthcare system there in Illinois. Okay. It was a very large healthcare um, system. At that point, I was 18 years in. I even, you know, I had a pension from them. I mean, it was, pensions okay. are very, I mean, yeah. so... It was a great healthcare system to work in. Great. I mean, they. I learned a lot. But I didn't realize what was also happening. And when we moved down here in 2017 and um i got picked up by a large insurance company i did some work for them mm-hmm. in terms of the population health approach holistic those type of things um that quite wasn't a good fit so i decided yeah i'm gonna try something else and um, got picked up to try to do some um government work for waste fraud and abuse i helped okay. run 29 state medicaid programs okay. f- for uh, state governments and um that really opened Did
0: you uncover a lot of fraud waste and abuse during uh, that time? It's crazy. Okay, I didn't yeah. even
1: know this stuff was yeah. existing. Yeah. I just had an operations background, so I understood from an operations standpoint how to how to cut money, Makes sense. Yeah. how to and and my nursing background from the bedside really helped me understand, you know, other criteria that we really need to also look like look at for waste fraud, and abuse. So it just it kind of made sense. It was a job. And
0: did it give you a little bit more of a jaded view of the healthcare system after seeing all the no fraud, waste and abuse or no? Okay,
1: no, not really. I think I just questioned everything. I was okay. always I just questioned things like, well, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just all these different things just didn't make sense to me. Even at the bedside, I still was I was questioning things like, well, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we tell the family that? You know, I mean, there is, and I'm just such a transparent person, you know, but when you're kind of locked in, in certain industries, I mean, you do have to follow their policies and procedures and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just...
0: Well, you're operating within a system, right? Yeah. And you're one person within a system, and it, things don't make sense sometimes if you're looking at it from like a humanistic point of view, mm-hmm. or you know, a service point of view. But hey, maybe there's a financial reason why this is done. Right. Maybe there's a legal reason why we have to do this, or we're f- worried about getting sued. Right. So, like on the surface, you go, "Why is that happening?" Yeah. But that entity or that business is probably protecting itself yep. itself against other things that could happen. But from a human point of view, you're going, "Well, this doesn't. I'm mean, like, I'm doing this to a person, or <laughs> I'm not giving them the best." <laughs> (laughs) ideas or, you know, so did you, did you find, like, I know you, we were talking about, and I want to share this on camera too, where you were talking about people started coming to you, Yeah. but did you find a point where you started questioning enough of the things yourself that you thought maybe you needed to just go out on your own or did, did the market pull you? Well,
1: it was a little bit of both. So in 2019, um, I probably the last handful of the months of the year, um, I just was struggling. I was really struggling in my in my corporate job, just not really satisfied mm-hmm. and frustrated because I felt like there was a bigger calling for me. So I just wake up, I just didn't know what to do with it. Um, and so I started writing down thoughts in terms of, okay, this is what I know, this is what I'm struggling with. And people would always call me, my friends, family, mm-hmm. people that I knew, they would call and say, hey Priscilla, what do I do with this situation? And I would say, hey, try these next couple things Call me back if you need more help. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I do. Just And then I started getting phone calls in February and March of 2020 saying, hey, Priscilla, this is happening. And then I started getting calls from people I didn't even know. And I was like, oh, this is was getting... somebody
0: referring you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. people
1: that I had helped, they yeah. would say, hey, they gave me your name. They said you would be able to help me. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I can help you, but... All right.
0: <laughs> yeah, A- and I was yeah. like,
1: "This is getting weird." Like, I've got four kids. I'm working. You
0: basically were an unpaid consultant at that yes. point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: so finally, my husband got frustrated. He's like, "Um, like, like we gotta pay bills. We yeah. gotta catch up from." All it, I mean, it, it's a lot. And so he, we launched um, Care in March of 2020, and we just started figuring out what, was, what does this look like? What did the market really need? Mm-hmm. What were the questions people were asking? And at that point, that's when the pandemic was really hitting hard and starting to question yeah. schools oh, yeah. were being locked down, um, the hospitalizations, some of the uh, COVID-19 protocols that people do talk about. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things started raising questions. And then we started getting more and more calls. Um, and I only had my cell phone number out there. And then I was like, I think I need a business number and I need a website. This
0: (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by true captive insurance, a premier medical stop loss captive for employer groups ranging from 25 to a thousand employees. True captive believes in healthcare that is personal and insurance that isn't complicated. That's why they take a white glove approach, making it easy for employer groups to transition into a program built specifically for them. Check them out at (laughs) truecaptive.com. So pre-pandemic, right? Because you you did say you started March of 2020, which is, as we all know, that was literally when the shutdowns Mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. Let's do pre and post-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, what type of things were you solving for people at that time when they were coming to you sort of proactively and you are yeah. doing this sort of voluntary service to yeah.
1: them? So just typical transition of care, like um, questions about maybe insurance, how to maybe make sure things get submitted correctly. Sometimes the doctor writes the wrong type of order. Well, if they write the wrong type of order, it's not going to get covered because of medical necessity. Okay. So very basic things like that. In my, in my mind, it's basic, but to the layperson, mm-hmm. it's like they keep, denying me or I have no idea why why I'm in this appeals process. Now I'm, I'm not, I don't know all the rules with insurance. I just know enough to figure it out. That's, that's kind of my mentality in life. Like, okay, well, we got a problem. Let's figure it out. Let's see. Um, you know, uh, people not, people not understanding maybe, um, immune support, basic things in terms of their, um, immune immunity that they really need to boost up yep. right let's try to do more preventative things mm-hmm. you know let's stop reacting to issues yep. It's a lot cheaper on that end of it so those type of things transition of cares from the hospital to the home there's a lot of gaps in that and that's why there's a high readmission rate okay. because when they are discharged from the hospital home things are forgotten.
0: Mm-hmm. On the yeah, because you get a sheet of paper and it's like do these things, but like some people don't read it, no, you forget no, they where don't read it, it or <laughs> I put it in my purse, or I throw it away on accident uh-huh. or something like that, right? And so maybe there's some very important instructions, but all you're left with is a sort of this printed piece of paper, right? Yeah. So you so we, when did you discover though that I could actually charge people for this like was there an initial step where like I you had to come up with here what is my hourly rate or what do I do like I mean it's right it's one thing just to help people out mm-hmm. but it's another thing when you go and actually establish an official business you've got to come with well what is the market rate for this type of yeah. service right so walk me through some of that like evaluation Oh, process. that was so hard was yeah oh,
1: that was the hard. that was that was um one of the most challenging things that I came across um because um I just want to help people mm-hmm. And um, asking for money, it, it, like any nurse in America, none of us ever asked for money. We're yeah. like, we just want to help you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a family of six, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I knew that I needed to step out of my corporate job. Sure. And I knew, no I need to be able to sustain this. And if I, if I knew that I needed to grow this enough where I needed to bring on a team of advocates, I need to pay them.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: So there, you know, there is a cost with that. So um, I started out with just figuring out what that was. Our initial clients, I went back to them and I said, hey, tell me, what did you think about this experience? Was it worth what you paid? Hmm. And client after client was like, I would have paid a lot more for this. <laughs> and I was You're like, like R- really? Yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah, you have no clue. I've been dealing with this for a decade. Oh, geez. And they said, do you know how much money I've spent on trying to figure this out? Yeah. Uh, and I, it shocked me. I was like, really? They're like, yeah. Like the specialty visits that I was going to, do you know how much that cost me over time? There was no reason for me to go to all those specialty visits. They all told me the same thing. I had to go get all these procedures done. I was on all these pharmaceuticals. Some of the pharmaceuticals made me very sick because of their adverse reactions. I mean, and then I helped, I mean, I, we don't, with grave care. one thing that your audience needs to know is we don't prescribe because we're not licensed to do so, mm-hmm. and we do not diagnose. All I'm doing is advocating. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, hey, okay, you've been going through that. Let's think about this a different way.
0: And so what, let's actually define what you believe advocacy to be or the role that you provide. So when we say advocacy, mm-hmm. who, we're advocating for the patient, for yep. the person, yep. but how are we advocating on their behalf?
1: Yeah. So we're an independent advocacy group so meaning we don't work for any hospital any insurance company we only work for the people that hire us so we're very independent so that means we we take off of our blinders of those policies and procedures Mm -hmm. because they don't hold us back from saying certain things we want people to know the truth Mm -hmm. so that really helps us open up some of those conversations right so that's number one our scope of services are very well defined patient advocacy recommendations, consultations and advice. We we don't do anything but that. All of the information that we're talking about is deemed opinion only. Mm. Right? So I'm giving my opinion based off of my experience and letting you know here's what I really think's happening.
0: And here's some options. Here's some options. So but you you have to stop short at telling them what to do, right? Or I, Well no, like, I never
1: fi- want to tell them yeah, what to do yeah. because the patient should be in control. Mm-hmm. If they are truly informed and have informed consent, and they know all of their options, they get to make the best decision mm. for them. That's why I never have to mandate anybody. That's why we should never have to mandate anybody to begin with.
0: Yeah. Because well, if so they know, th- yeah. then they
1: can make the best decision I, That's for them.
0: that's We've spoken about this on the podcast in the past in different contexts. But, you know, some employers, especially when we talk about, like, group insurance, mm. take a very paternalistic approach. And they yeah. want to tell people what to do. And I know these <laughs> systems also sort of have guardrails that dictate what a person can yeah. do. But my belief, and I think you shared, is that if an individual is appropriately informed of what their options are, that they most, more often than not, will make the best decision in their own interest, but also that would trickle up in the employer's best interest probably as well if they're on some sort of group plan. But right now, it's difficult for an individual to know what to do, right? I'm in this industry. I still struggle with, you know, um, direction or you know, care coordination, or you know knowing even where to go in the first place when you have an ailment right because it 's such a complicated system, so I, I can see why there 's a need for Advocacy. Was there a model that existed prior to what you're doing that you sort of replicated, or at least had the idea of? Oh, I think I'm going to do that thing. Like, or <laughs> or is this almost you're building the plane as you're flying it at the same time?
1: We're building it uh, as we go okay. because um, I, I don't really like to look at other models particularly because I just and maybe it's just my personality. I just like to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> a, a, like yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm. I don't want to copy anybody and. I, I just, I think there is such a great momentum behind advocacy at this moment in time. You know, here we're two and a half years into this pandemic, and people are now really asking even more questions than mm-hmm. uh, than we saw two and a half years ago. And it is really awesome to see people really wanting to engage in their health care, mm-hmm. get better, and, and not be dependent on a broken system, yep. right? Yep. So there's a codependency issue that we have. They go, oh, I've got insurance, mm-hmm. I've got I've got that. I mean, it makes it, makes people feel better, mm-hmm. like this peace of mind. And I'm like, look, it's great you have insurance, but if you don't engage in your healthcare and be proactive, you're still going to be paying a lot of money.
0: Well, here's here's the misdirection with that. One, you got billboards with people smiling, holding up their insurance card, right? <laughs> like it's like, how happy am I that I'm covered by you know who? Um, the other thing is that we've directed people's um, decision-making process around everything goes through insurance That's right the issue is insurance wasn't originally designed to be the thing that you swipe when you just go see your doctor once right right? like we've now convinced everybody that the entire spectrum of care is supposed to be run through insurance when really insurance is supposed to be there if something catastrophic or something major happens so now all of these claims everything rolls under the umbrella of insurance and that's why you continue to see premiums go up or one of the reasons of course Mm -hmm. we're talking about direct primary care Mm -hmm. off-camera why I like that model is you just Take that out, you set it over here, it's now a fixed cost, it's not running yes. through insurance, and now you're emphasizing the quality of care and the time spent with the patient mm-hmm. and not just funneling through a system and you know right. scanning codes and you know billing for certain procedures and things like that. So um where I was going with that, I almost lost my train of thought, but like <laughs> you get you get me excited and sometimes I go off on, on tangents. But I do want to I wanna come back to the grave care solution in terms of like practical application of this. Mm-hmm. So how does a how does a person Get engaged with Grave Care in the yeah. first place.
1: Super simple. And, okay. and I like simple because I'm not a very complex person. My husband might, might not agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> or my 16-year-old. Um, but somebody that needs advo- an advocate that is just specific to their need, what mm. they do is they either call us, direct. Our number is on our website. They can go to the Graith Care website, okay? okay. When they go to the Graith Care web- website, they want to look for the Enroll Now button. Okay. Once they click Enroll Now, they just put in their name, their number, and then they select what type of advocacy service they're, lo- they're looking for. Okay. There's a- over 40 plus options on there. So some people will pick I need help with my insurance. I need help with um, my bills. I need help with appeals. Um, I'm looking for a transplant um, advocate that understands transplants. That's a very complex need. Um, need, I'm looking for holistic alternative options. So we have all these different needs. I need something for my kid, pediatrics, Hmm. to adults. So people come to us, and they select those things. Um, Our intake specialists will call them screen them to make sure we give them the best fit advocate for their need. Because we have over 20 plus advocates in the U.S. and we have an international based advocate as well. Do you
0: really now? Yeah, yeah. we do. Very cool.
1: So we've got clients um, right now um, on our panel from Australia Um, Greece and Canada. We've gotten calls from Spain and South Africa as well. Here in the last, it's crazy. How how does
0: somebody in South Africa find great? I don't know. Just Googling and maybe SEO is working on uh, finding uh, advocacy or something. I have uh, no
1: clue. I mean, people are picking up the concept. So, you know, uh, I, I think people are just sharing. They're excited about it because they're like, oh, this is such a good concept. I can have somebody actually tell me the truth and, and they're going to give you everything based off of their experience mm-hmm. or they're going to go figure things out. Because I'll tell you, people call me with the strangest things I've ever heard of. And my comment back to him said, look, I don't know that answer exactly, yeah. but I've got a really good network. Let me go see what I can figure So do you have an example
0: out. of something really strange that somebody that, that you can share uh, I guess?
1: Well, so there's some really difficult situations okay. um, that we get. So these hospital cases, okay? okay. So this is a hard, this is a very uh, um, this is a very real thing that's happening to people and and the critical nature of it. So people are going into the hospital, they are still getting sick and diagnosed with COVID, sure. okay? It it is a respiratory illness that can really Take down a system. However, what is happening is even if they go into the hospital, they get screened with a PCR test that has a lot of false positives. Mm -hmm. They get screened and diagnosed, have a COVID 19 diagnosis on deck. Okay. Mm -hmm. Their primary issue, let's say a GI issue like colitis, Mm
0: -hmm. that's what they came in for. That's what they came in for.
1: But they swab, they want to swab the person, Mm -hmm. they get diagnosed with that. And then they go, oh, COVID, we need to start that protocol. Mm -hmm. They totally neglect and forget about the initial primary reason the person came to the hospital. Right, right, Because they got a shiny light of COVID-19 because hospitals still are being incentivized for these protocols. It is hard for our our healthcare community to really swallow that pill because why would we incentivize, right, Mm -hmm. to give some of these things that really are not great in nature? Yeah, they're not
0: well, and do you think will they ever? We will relinquish that incentive um to them, right? Because it sounds like it's still ongoing, right? It although is. Although I think most people, if you look around, would suggest that the pandemic is over, right? Or at least, oh, oh, we're they're not being, telling us it's, it's over. In, being inundated with it, right? And so this, this is where I can see where we could get. You know, we got to be a little bit careful, right? Because the uh, yeah. the overlords won't won't like what we talk well, about. But um, yeah. I, what I will say though is to your point. That's a pretty frustrating scenario to hear about because if I come in and I've got a pain in my stomach and I know something's really serious wrong, maybe I have a history of that and all of a sudden you pivot over to this because you screen me for it and I, you got a positive, whether it's a false or a true positive, whatever. Um, and that's what you focus on instead because yeah. there's maybe a financial incentive right. to do so. Right. Where does the care of the individual come in? Right? So,
1: so what we're doing is we're working with that family or that patient if they're Competent, right? We do have some elderly people that have a healthcare power of attorney that we work with to help guide them and yeah. empower them through the process. Here are some questions you need to ask the doctor. We need to start planning for a safe discharge. Do we need home health? Do we need like what are the things that we need to be starting to set up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because those case managers on the floor they they're super busy with a whole lot of other discharge planning, right? Yeah. They're yep. not independent to that person. Plus, at the same time, what are we doing for that person's immune system? right? What are we doing to make sure that the doctor maybe wrote all the right orders yeah. and didn't forget about a test and they're waiting a full another day for the doctor to come back and do rounds? These are real things that are happening. Yeah. Why do we need to have another inpatient stay when we can make things happen today? Yeah, yeah. So these well, are so the things like we a need
0: second set of eyes almost, but an independent second set of eyes, yeah. like reviewing everything that's going on. This podcast is sponsored by PlanSight. PlanSight is a technology for employee benefits brokers to more efficiently manage their RFP process for any group size, all funding types, and over 20 benefit lines and point solutions. PlanSight is the only end-to-end RFP technology on the market today. Let's modernize your RFP process together. Check us out at plansite.com. Now, you guys, haven't you helped with people getting uh, changing locations, right? Yeah. I think I saw a story. Was it, was it the... Is it epic? How do you say epic or epoch times? Like there's the oh,
1: e- um, epic, t- um, epic times, epoch times. Uh, epoch times. Uh, I've yeah, heard whatever. both.
0: I've heard both as well. Yeah. Epoch. But I think it, within that article, it talked about some of you helping yeah. s- individuals transfer from yeah. a certain situation where they felt sort of stuck, and you got them in a new location to be yeah. treated. So may elaborate. That's all I very, I very yeah. basically remember. I mean
1: these the, these people were in the hospitals for um, COVID nineteen. They were frustrated with what the doctor was telling them. The only solution the doctor had, when in some situations, those would say, "Well, we just need to intubate you. We need to intubate mm-hmm, you." Mm-hmm. They said, "I don't want to be intubated. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want,
1: I want, I want these protocols." There is a frontline doctor's protocol that is on mm-hmm. the online that people do know yeah. about, and when these patients go to ask for this, they'll go, "Well, doctor, I want to try these things." These doctors will go, "I can't. Mm-hmm. This, it's not part of our policy and procedures. Yeah. We don't do." Um, IV ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C. We don't do, you know, methylprednisone. We only do decadron. We don't do ivermectin. These are, I mean, these are real things that people are asking. So they come to us and say, can you help us with that? And we say, well, let's talk to your doctor first. We literally have a conversation with the ICU so you doctor. So are, you,
0: are, you are talking to them yeah. on their behalf, okay. Yeah, because yeah.
1: that's why we have specific advocates that understand the language of the critical care. Yeah. So yeah. I have a background in critical care. And so having these conversations or my other critical care advocates, we need to understand why are they on BiPAP? Why are they on these type of things? What are we doing for their nutrition? Is their albumin tanking, their malnutrition? These are things that we need to be asking. That's mm-hmm. why we have certain backgrounds for specific needs, right? Yeah. A layperson isn't, isn't going to know these things.
0: But you can help that individual in that situation where they're not getting what they're asking for, right? Yeah. They don't feel they're getting the right treatment and or they're being limited in what treatment they're allowed to yeah. pursue. And so you say, hey, well, we've reached an impasse yeah. with this situation. Let's get you somewhere else. So like, how, right. do, you, how, how do you assist with that transfer? Well, one, we
1: have to really collaborate with these um, physicians. We need that physician to write an order in order for... The physician in the hospital that would accept—we have to have an accepting order—in okay. um, order for that patient to show up to the next hospital. Because in these some of these situations, we have to go look for an air ambulance, maybe oh, a bear, ba- wow. a bari- a, we a bariatric plane. If they meet certain, I mean, we've got to know how tall, how much do they weigh? Wow. We've got to understand costs. We understand negotiations with these things. We understand can they can they fly? because maybe they're too critical. Maybe they're on too many pressers that are sustaining their blood pressure or their kidneys are starting to fail. Have we lost that window of time? There is certain patients that you cannot fly. It's too dangerous. Okay. So we have a window of time that we have to operate in. And when yeah. you work in critical care, you've got to understand these things.
0: You're like a logistics expert on top uh, of yeah. all these things, right? right? It's
1: amazing. It's so much fun. I well, enjoy it.
0: Well, so that speaking of fun. Do you have like a specific success story or one of your favorite things you've been able to do in the last couple of years for people? Yeah.
1: I mean, just um, people can go to our Rumble story, um, our Rumble channel, Grave Care. Look up Molly and Jim. Molly story. and Jim. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: Molly and Jim on what is Ma- your Rumble channel? Or it's just it's great care. care. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: It's a channel. People, yeah. And subscribe. And subscribe, um, yes, Because we're subscribe. growing it. Yeah. And I put two minute tips out there on different topics and things that people are asking so people can start to really engage and ask these questions. So, um, Molly and Jim, um, they, of course, given gave us permission to talk about their story. I mm-hmm. wouldn't talk about anybody's private right. information sure. without that consent. Um, but they were in South Dakota. And okay. they were in a very high um, terti- tertiary type, the highest um, healthcare system in that area. They
0: weren't in Spearfish, were they? What a Spearfish?
1: Um, no, it it, yeah. it was a um it was a hospital system. I will just do that. I don't want to probably. Okay, fair point enough. It
0: out. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, I just had but a they're very. That from it was the area. top yeah. tier yeah. because
1: yeah. the reason that literally the ICU doctor goes when I said I said, "Well, doctor, here's what they would like. Are you willing to do this?" And he goes, "Well." No, we just don't do that here. Nobody's gotten that here. And I had the nurse in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the room too, the bedside nurse. And the nurse goes, if you fly him out of here, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. I said, well, if we don't fly him out of here, he might die too.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And she, I mean, she was a little bit upset that this was even being presented. Like how, he goes, nobody has flown out of this hospital. Mm-hmm. He goes, we are the highest tier hospital in this system. We have 300 hospitals connected to our system. I said, yeah, I know.
0: I said, <laughs> I'm, I, aware. I'm
1: well aware. I said, but this is what they want. It's a patient option, yeah. and they should have that in, in information so they can make the decision. And we weren't upset with that physician. We just knew he was capped as to what he could could or could not do.
0: Right. So that's you, we have to separate the individual from the system that they operate in. Sometimes, right? That's I mean, right. they they have other. Um, pressures that are outside of their control, right? And even things down to their license or their employment, right? So like you have to almost, it's like to separate the art from the artist. Sometimes you have to separate the doctor from the system as well. And I think that's fair to like give them a little bit of grace as well. Um, But so also if I'm a doctor in that situation, I might say, okay, why? No, I can't do this. These are my constraints. Yeah. Let me see if I can help this patient get what they need. And he did. Yeah, yeah, good. And that
1: physician, now we have had physicians refuse to write the order that I was asking just to see if we could get the um, patient approved because that other accepting physician has to read the medical records in order to say, yes, I accept this patient to come to our hospital. Okay right? Okay. Because it's an inpatient transfer, inpatient bed to inpatient bed. Okay. They don't come through their emergency room. They go right to the bed. Okay. That's how this works. That's how it
0: works. Okay. And so um, in the situation that they refuse, is there a legal pressure that has to be applied? Oh, or? oh yes. Okay. Yeah. We
1: just recently had one. Okay. That story hopefully will be coming out. I would highly um, recommend that people follow grade care because they're going to want to know about this story. Okay. And, Interesting. And unfortunately, this physician... Did the wrong thing. Uh-huh. She was claiming there was a safety risk in flying. Well, when you understand that you're working with the best um, critical care teams that do air ambulance that are credentialed in America and in Europe, there is no safety concerns. If they say yes with their medical director that they can fly him safely, then we do it. Then you do it. Yep. Because if the patient wants that, they should definitely get that right because this physician was not doing the right level of care. She was ignoring what the patient need actually was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that patient did not survive because she ignored what was actually happening to that patient. She ignored. Yeah. And we did everything. This was a last-ditch effort to try to save him. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, when you're dealing with the wife and the family yeah. and they've had other family members die because they didn't get good early treatment as well, I'm telling you, this is a crisis.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, well, uh, one, I appreciate your passion right because this this does need a fighter if you will it it needs somebody that's out there one is explaining what can be done showing the options but actually means it right like it's one thing to oh this is my profession it's another thing with there's a bigger like you said you kind of almost called to do this and so it's very clear that you believe strongly in what you're doing. But uh, what this comes down to is helping an individual or individuals in a moment of crisis, right? Yeah. Having, being a vanguard for them, um, right? At the end of the day, which most people don't have mm-hmm. it, or even don't even know where to go. And how are you finding, how are most people finding you nowadays, right? I realize you're a couple years into it and obviously you have success mm-hmm. stories and you're getting this brand awareness. Is it some of it, is it organic traffic now or is it still a lot of referrals? How are you, how are you finding? It's both okay.
1: still, um, I mean, we are starting to really work with um, other type of influencers that really are, love what we're doing. So they want to share grave care. Mm-hmm. We said, great, share away, have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what this cool. is about. It's really uniting people and, and bringing those solu- solutions. Physicians are calling saying, hey, I've got some people that I really think they need an advocate. I only know this part of it, but it sounds like you're able to find these other solutions. Can you help them with these things? Yeah, we can. Cool. We absolutely can because we've we got to come are together. You
0: expanding like kind of your serve, core oh, services. Oh, our network now. is yeah.
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's amazing. What's well,
0: funny that you, you seems like you know it's one on one hand you go well if I started in March of 2020 that's like the worst time in the world to start a <laughs> business but the other hand is probably that was the perfect time for mm-hmm. this to start um, well, because what you were doing over the course of the last two years right I yeah
1: mean, I mean I I, I mean, again I'm a preachers kid yeah. and <laughs> God God has timing. Uh-huh. With everything, yeah, and I always believe it's the right time. Well, I m- mean, I, I I've ruffled some. I've argued with God about things, and <laughs> I don't know how to help this yeah. situation. This one is way beyond what I ever thought we were ever going to get. I didn't. I don't. I didn't know this was going to happen. You know, I didn't know mandates were going to be happening to people. Yeah, and and people having to make a decision about something they were not for sure about. We've had to help these people because, again. There should be informed consent. There should be a question about what is safe? What is effective? What does that really mean?
0: Or even just room for asking the questions in the first place, which is a bizarre thing. And you mentioned influencers before, and I don't consider myself that at all, but I am excited to introduce you to the audience that that does follow this podcast. But you've also got introduced, you you were telling me earlier, you got introduced to the TikTok audience in a very brief, (laughs) very viral fashion, and then boom, it was gone. So can you share that story? Because one, I don't, See you as a controversial person at all, but for some reason somebody thought that was the case, and so like I, I would love for you to share that story with the audience really quick.
1: So uh, about maybe a month, month and a half ago, I got a phone call, and they said, "Hey, Priscilla, you're on TikTok," and I said, mm, "I don't have a not me, yeah, I don't have a TikTok account." And my kids might have a TikTok account. Um, but I don't. I said, What's going on? I said, Can you send it to me? She goes, Yeah. So I, I watched it. I was like, Oh, that's a good clip. <laughs> I was like, that was really good. I talked about the real cost of healthcare. Yeah. I talked about cash price negotiations, just cool. very like quick. It was like thirty seconds. I had done a um Jonathan Otto is a film uh, maker, he's a humanitarian, and he did this Unbreakable series where Dr. Peter McCullough, Judy Mikevitz, some of the big names out in the community people are on. And here Priscilla is the last little part of the Unbreakable series talking about great care and advocacy and helping people. And he chopped up a couple of clips. Mm -hmm. Well, this one clip, when I had watched it, it had over 650,000 views. It was like three or four days into it. Wow. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, that's okay. That's never happened. This is crazy. I, I had my 16 year old and 14 um, uh, year old, I, I sent to them, I said, hey, check this out. Is this legit?
0: Mom's viral. And
1: Ma- Grace yells down the stairs and goes, mom, I think you went viral. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's cool. Well, like two days after that, somebody, I had put it on my social media because I thought, oh, great. I want other people to see this. I started getting messages. Priscilla, it's not on. Yeah. It's not on. I was like, well, that's weird. So I went and looked myself and I'm like, that's weird. It's not on anymore. Huh. So I contacted Jonathan. I said, hey, that, that TikTok it's not there anymore. He went and looked at his account. He goes, My account was taken down.
0: Like, just complete takedown of the Take account. Takedown of his account. What did he have? Do you know if he had like warnings or? Oh, he's, prior, been, or?
1: he's had. I didn't know about he's he said his account has always been fine In good standing yeah yeah I yeah, yeah. never had an issue So that
0: one single event that's what he took his that's, account down? that's
1: what he was saying and I
0: wonder if he's been able to speak with anybody because that's always the weird thing I had a, this weird thing where I had a strike on a YouTube video because there was a link to one of my guest <laughs> website but for whatever reason I guess there was some malware on the site and YouTube's mm. like oh warning you've got a link to this external dangerous yeah. site I'm like what it's his reporting site like um We're on a mission to partner with the most innovative companies in America to fix health benefits one plan at a time. NavMD has created a blueprint that delivers world-class benefits to 155 million Americans. Better benefits starts with data intelligence. Our platform is empowering the next generation of advisors to zero in on opportunities to optimize the plan, build the right team, implement proven
1: strategies and solutions. Join us on our journey to revolutionize health benefits. Let NAVMD put you a step ahead.
0: But anyway, so like some of those things are probably just you know, their AI detecting something yes. and then you just solve for it. But this sounds like he didn't even have an opportunity to dispute I, yeah, it. Yeah, I right? don't know. Oh, what, okay.
1: all I, I mean, I kind of thought it was exciting too because I was like, that's amazing. People are starting. And I literally have, cap, I, I captured screenso- could, yeah. screenshots of people sending me because they saw that video. Yeah. They literally called and said, I went to my doctor's office and instead of me giving their, my insurance card to him, I asked them what the cash price was. Yeah, I say, good for you, good for you, awesome. because they. I need people to know this information. They should understand what the real cost is, then they can make a decision. Yeah, I'm not against insurance. Well, what do you
0: think? If you had to speculate, what was the thing that was, uh, uh, you know, a <laughs> violation of terms of service I don't on know. TikTok? I you was mean.
1: really tired that day, so maybe I had really baggy eyes or something. Uh, but I,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the, just the way—at least what you described. You know, nothing sounds "quote unquote" controversial. No, I didn't think it was that.
1: controversial at all, but clearly something must have um, ramped it up because people started even with those messages. I was excited. I was like, people are getting it. Yeah, they're understanding that they can be in more control in the driver's seat of their health care. And we, as an advocacy group, are just filling them up with information. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, it, We live in a strange time. And I will say this about the whole last couple of years is that it seems like there is a, an intent to prevent people from finding information out, yeah. which is a really weird thing to me because I've always just been <laughs> a naturally curious person. This whole podcast is predicated on the idea of sharing ideas and sharing information. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying when you sit across from me or anybody else sits across from me that I I believe 100% of something somebody says. Obviously there's nuance, obviously there's differences of opinion, but like the idea that you can't share information and let a listener or a viewer make their own determination of what to do for themselves is something that I can't even really fathom. Um, but here we are. Right. And so we'll see, we'll see if this becomes my first controversial. Sorry. No, (laughs) no. And it's okay. Like if I, if I were to be listening to this or even five years ago, say like, that's what you talked about. And so that was a problem. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even understand it. So uh, let's kind of move into act three and we'll kind of move us on towards the conclusion of this podcast. Kind of tell me where do you think the future of what you're doing is going, right? Like you're building out, you said you have 20 advocates right now. You guys are a couple years old. Like you probably got eyes a couple years down the road. What do you think that your business is going to morph into?
1: Well, I think we're, one, we're just going to continue taking those calls and listening to what their need is and matching them with an advocate that best fits. Okay, That's number one. My focus is always my current clients and my current team of advocates, mm-hmm. because when they get stuck on a problem, they'll call me and say, hey, I'm a little bit stuck with this one. What do we do, right? And that's what we do as a team. And I want to continue that momentum because okay. we're going to continue to run in to really great options for people. And that's what we need. We need the network to really open up to other alternatives. We need to um, talk about complementary treatment options, okay. right? So what that means to your audience is, we've got the allopathic mindset, which is usually an insurance-driven um, healthcare model. Okay. But we also have alternatives and holistic, mm-hmm. right?
0: And so, where? How do we? How do we? Um, create, um, let's say, holistic sometimes gets like, oh, that's frou-frou, right? Or like people discredit it. How do we give that nomenclature your credibility, right? Like, what is it going to take for people to come around to the idea that there's another pathway for treatment yeah. and things like well,
1: that? Well, we start telling those stories of success. Okay. So when, when we talk about, let's talk about cancer for a minute. That's a big one. It, it costs a lot. It's very scary mm-hmm. when somebody gets a cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And typically when they, when they get that diagnosis, the, their primary care goes, well, um, you're going to need to see an oncologist. You need to go get your PET scan. You might need a biopsy. We, mm-hmm. All of these things. And, and the person just like, I just got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And they go, okay, doctor. They yeah. go to the oncologist. The oncologist tells them one of the big three, either they, they can get it surgically removed, they need chemo, or they need radiation. Those are the big three. Okay. But I'm frustrated because I really need the oncologist to also open up the door to other alternatives and a comp- complementary treatment yeah. option. So
0: you're not saying in lieu of, you're just saying complimentary yeah. to we right. can do
1: partnerships and yeah. we do that. We have naturopathy um, and functional med um, type industry that works with oncology groups yeah. on a patient need because the patient says, yes, I want to do some chemo, but I also want to do some alternatives of high dosing IV ascorbic acid I want to do stuff for my immune system at the same time. Because chemo and radiation Mm -hmm. is toxic to the body. It also takes down the good stuff, too, Mm -hmm. as you're trying to kill whatever's happening on the cellular level, right? Maybe a biopsy isn't a good option for somebody. Maybe the biopsy actually exposes what is happening to increase risk in terms of of the lymphatic system, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, could that cancer spread with the biopsy going in?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, th- those if, are questions yeah, that yeah. people are asking. You should be asking at least. For right? Yeah.
1: And, and because usually insurance will say, well, this is what you need to go do next. This is what you need to get done next. Well, I'm saying, do we have to do that? Mm-hmm. Can we insert these other things? So I really need the insurance industry to also start covering things like IV ascorbic acid, IV I'm glutathione. I'm sure that's
0: relatively inexpensive, correct? Yes. Okay, okay. These
1: are things that can be done. These are things that can be compounded in a licensed pharmacy. So it's not foo foo. It's not conspiracy. Yeah. These are real things people are asking for. I go get this myself.
0: Yeah. Well so how do you how do you if anybody were to listen to this and go, wow, oh, well I just that I'm in disbelief or, you know, maybe even try to discredit yeah. what you're saying. Like you say, there is data to support yeah. this. But what do you think then is the bias against that type of treatment? Is it, is it because it's less invasive and less expensive or is it because it's not as long standing proved proven to work or what, what do you think some of the motivations are to, to attack that pathway?
1: Well, it's because typically when, at, when all of us have a healthcare issue, our initial thing is to say, I'm going to go back to my doctor and talk to them. The doctor doesn't know all those other things. The doctor doesn't even talk about nutrition that well. They have like 10 minutes of training. Yeah. And the doctors know that.
0: Well, that, that I mean, I could have an entire podcast dedicated That's right. to that problem. So they yeah. also yeah. don't know
1: about alternative holistic. And it's not that they're not opposed to it. Oftentimes, they just don't know enough mm. of how to talk about it. Okay. Right? And remember, they're only getting paid 15 minutes for these doctor visits as well. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Whatever happened to that patient-physician relationship? And I'm telling you, I know these doctors, they call me, they're frustrated oh, yeah. with having to get slammed in their day, having to go see these patients that do need more time and attention, but they got 15 minutes. They got to keep moving. Yeah. They're under a productivity score. I know it. I've seen these. I've seen how they get paid.
0: Jeez. Jeez. What a what a perverse system we've created uh, around uh, primary yeah. care, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, go back. So to we need the a PPC. partner, yeah. is what I'm yeah. saying. Is
1: the primary care doctors? They need. We need to collaborate. We need to go back to collaborating. We need to start asking the bedside nurse, right? Questions because they're talking to that patient a whole lot longer. I'm telling you, my nurse community, they know the right thing for patients. Mm-hmm. They know what they. they and, and and there is missing pieces and I'm sorry some physicians have an ego they say this is what I know
0: <laughs> and I'm like I got an ego
1: too yeah. but we got to get back down to the patient individualized um plan we'll remember of care. why we're here right we're we, here we to remember patient. why we're yeah, here
0: yeah, yeah And that's what's that that, that uh is it the Hippocratic that first do no harm right is it, or something like that yeah fact, I mean it, it
1: sounds like a cute word yeah. I mean I, yeah. it's just not happening the way well it that's should. what I'm
0: saying is get back is like get, first do no harm like let's focus on the patient really is the yeah. message there and what's best for them or even give them actual control over what that's right. their decision-making process so leave me leave me with this if you want closing thoughts or call to action anybody that's listened here <laughs> so 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 far and this has been a lot of fun um what do you want to leave the the, the audience with
1: I, I just want the audience to know you're not alone you don't have to live in fear about any of your healthcare concerns you even if you don't even have anything going on with your healthcare, we do a lot of proactive planning that keeps you out of trouble. (laughs) Why do we have to react to problems? It's so much cheaper and it's so much better to not to have to fall in the hands of crisis, right? We tend to make bad decisions when we're in crisis too. So I want people to be encouraged. Know that there are other options. We want to provide that information. You are the decision maker of your own healthcare. Sometimes you just might not know all the answers. So let's try to work on that together and develop that plan of care. You know, our tagline is "Healthcare sucks. Get an advocate," <laughs> and um, we it. we truly believe it. Um, we're doing something really u- unique and different. All of our pricing is online. Our FAQs online. Um, we're going to get back to you when you actually call. You're not going to have to wait a week to hear from us. Nice. We do a really great job of follow up because we really do. Um, care we of course triage the ones that are in hospitals a lot sooner if we do hear that voicemail or if we get the, or if we see that on their and enroll now because those people are in a very critical yeah. situation yeah. so we do a great team our team's amazing we've got um we've got people that help with appeals denials negotiations have great insurance backgrounds as advocates we've got um nurse backgrounds pediatrics adult we've got naturopathy backgrounds We've got a uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy. These are the, the, the components of our team because we don't know what's going to come to us next, but we want to have an
0: answer and a solution for them. Well, that's the proactive mindset rather than the reactive, right? You're prepared for essentially any scenario that comes your way. Well, I want to just personally say thank you, one, for agreeing to come on the podcast, right? I reached out proactively because you, you stepped onto my radar, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool, and I want to <laughs> learn more. So you're educating me uh, more than anything um, during this. But I also want to say thank you for doing what you do. Um, really, really cool Love the model. I really appreciate, genuinely, your sincere passion for what you do as well. So I wish you the best of luck, and hopefully we'll do one of these uh, down the road again yeah. soon.
1: Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. True Captive believes in healthcare that is personal and insurance that isn't complicated. Check them out at truecaptive.com.